0: Hello, and welcome back to the Self-Healer Soundboard. On this week's episode, we are diving back into our workbook series. And if you have not joined us for any of these episodes yet, we are speaking to our new workbook, How to Meet Yourself. If you are watching the video version of these episodes on our YouTube channel, Self-Healer Soundboard, you can see the workbook I'm holding in my hand We are going actually to be pulling directly from the pages of this workbook today. A few episodes ago, quite a few episodes ago, we left off in the workbook talking about the inner critic. I believe that episode is called, Does Your Inner Critic Take You on a Shame Cycle? So we're picking up from that inner critic and moving ourselves into the wise inner parent, the voice of the wise inner parent that is speaking to our inner child. So if you haven't heard that episode on the inner critic yet, I do suggest checking that one out as it is a prelude to this one. Once you understand that voice of the inner critic that is within us all, we can learn from the contrast of the wise inner parent and reparenting of our inner child. If you haven't yet listened to episodes 80 and 81, we do a deep
1: dive into everything you need to know about your inner child, parts one and parts two. But for the purpose of this conversation, so that we're all on the same page, when we say inner child, what we're talking about here is the part of our subconscious mind, that stores our childhood habits, our unmet needs, our suppressed emotions. And for many of us, that deeper wounding and the trauma from those early experiences where our needs weren't consistently tended to, we didn't feel emotionally supportive. And even though we grow up in age, our bodies age, and we develop new relationships, a lot of us in moments of acute distress or when we're upset we our inner child wounding becomes activated, and we hear that critical voice inside of us, and all of those beliefs that were founded in that early time. So, when we're talking now about how to navigate this wounding and these moments of reactivity, our goal really is to now teach ourself how to be the wise inner parent that very few of us had in action in our childhood. And of course, being a wise inner parent means being nurturing, encouraging being a comforting voice to support us regardless of whatever it is that is going on in our circumstances or in our life. So diving directly now into the workbook for all of you who have a copy on your own, where we are on page 110, and we're going to go through actually this chart presented on this to really describe the different voices, um, one of this critical inner child, this wounding voice And then giving direct examples of how to begin to show up in action, affirming the wise inner parent inside. So one of the examples we give is an experience or an event of feeling criticized or feeling shamed over your behavior. And as we begin to pay attention in our mind's eye, some of you might notice from that wounded space, thoughts about being rejected, I'm rejected, or I'm not lovable. And to show up as your wise inner parent in that moment, we can begin to affirm ourselves that even when we're feeling criticized or shamed over our behavior, we can remind ourselves that my behavior does not determine how lovable I am. Another common experience where our inner child wounding can become activated is when we're passed over for a job, for an accomplishment, for a reward. Many of us can notice that inner child wounding through the voice in our mind, reminding us in those moments, I'm unworthy, or reminding us that whomever wasn't passed over, whoever got offered that opportunity that we wanted, that person is better than us. Showing up as our wise inner parent, nurturing ourselves in that moment, we can offer ourselves the empowering reminder. That our achievements do not affect our value or our worthiness. My achievements do not affect my value or my worthiness. Another common example where our inner child wounding becomes activated is when we're ghosted or ignored by a new friend, by a love interest, when we don't get that text back that we so desperately want. From a wounded place, we might notice ourselves thinking, I will never be chosen, or maybe I'll be alone. Forever. Showing up as our wise inner parent in that moment can be offering ourselves the reminder that I may never know why this person is unavailable and their behavior does not reflect who I am. Another common moment of wounding is when we're excluded, excluded from social plans, events, things we want to do, when we have that FOMO. A lot of times we can find ourselves thinking, I'm not accepted. Or whomever it was excluded us or didn't invite us or passed us over for that event, we might think that they don't like me. Offering ourselves the nurturing comfort of a wise inner parent in that moment might look like offering ourselves the reminder that not getting invited to places does not necessarily mean that I am not liked. Reminding ourselves also that people with interest that align with mine will include me. Another really common example of an activator for our inner child wounding is those moments where we do something by mistake or by accident. We break something, we spill food, we knock into something. In those moments, we might hear the active inner child reminding us that we can't do anything right. I can't do anything right. We might be saying to ourselves. in that moment, showing up as our wise inner parent, we can remind ourselves that things don't always go as planned or as I would like them to. Now, here are some examples of some helpful dialogue. As always, it's two steps to creating change. The first step for many of you might be noticing that first inner critical voice, not judging ourselves for its presence, taking it as an indicator that there is something deeper going on. I have an emotion that's causing me to feel in the way that i'm feeling to think in the way that i'm thinking and chances are to act then from that wounded place without that conscious moment of noticing we're not going to have the space or the pause to even offer ourselves those gentle nurturing reminders from our inner parent
0: more often than not when we're beginning a journey of awareness there tends to be a global resonance with the Mm -hmm. inner critic and that shameful voice or that judgmental voice or likely the, the critical voice many of us actually did hear in childhood. This is not just reserved to parents or caregivers, but your environment at large as a child, your neighbors, your cousins, family members, anyone that is around you. Remember, as children, we are sponges literally absorbing and taking in all of the world around us, not picking and choosing what we want to absorb, but instead being an open sponge that is taking in whatever is in our presence. So while so many tend to resonate and make that connection with that inner critic and that critical voice, we then struggle on a larger scale to access the voice of that nurturing wise inner parent especially if that was not an actual voice from a safe adult or a parent or caregiver in our actual childhood. That wise inner parent voice or these beautiful reframes that Nicole just offered from this workbook are going to seem very foreign. They're going to be very unfamiliar, very new, and very untrusting because you have conditioned and developed Such an opposite belief, so much so that that critical voice seems true to you. Those shameful thoughts and critical thoughts that you have about yourself over time have actually become beliefs. Now, a belief is just a practice thought, it is a neural pathway in your mind that has been walked down and down and down, that it is so defined, it becomes that auto reaction or response. It becomes the auto thought. So, to create new beliefs to begin undefining that original old pathway and to lay a new pathway, we have to walk a new path. And one of the greatest ways to begin doing that is with consistent practice of affirmation Now, a lot of the time, all of the time, when we talk about affirmations, there are always a large number of people who truly just don't believe them. They feel fake reading them out loud. It feels so untrue for them, almost like they're lying to themselves. If this resonates with you, hold space for this. You're actually in a really great place. If you don't believe these affirmations or they seem challenging to you, then there's some traction there. You're creating something new and there is resistance from the past. So with consistent practice, again, of this thought, a belief is a practice thought, with the practice consistently of these affirmations. Every day, maybe multiple times a day, you will walk down and walk down and walk down this new pathway until it is the pathway that is more defined. And this old pathway of that inner critic becomes less defined. So even if this concept of the wise inner parent or reparenting being this nourishing, nurturing, loving voice is very new to you, The beautiful thing is that the wise inner parent doesn't live external outside of you. Your wise inner parent is already here within you, and it is through the practice of tools like this affirmation, like the reframes that Nicole just read. These tools will allow you access to cultivating and bringing forth the wise inner parent that is already within. So if you are following along with us in your workbook, How to Meet Yourself, these affirmations are laid out for you on page 111. And if you do not have the workbook that is Also intentionally why we're doing these episodes so that we can still bring this content and the work and the tools to you. So you may want to pause or replay, re-listen to this episode, maybe jot down in your notepad on your phone, or if you're driving, note this for later, or at the very least, just take in the words that you're hearing being spoken. Imagine your heart space right now, the energy and light around your heart. Use this listening as a moment to connect with your own self and allow these affirmations to wash over you. I like to place one hand on my heart and one hand on my belly. So I invite you, if you're able, to do the same with me now as we read these wise inner parent affirmations. You are safe and I'm going to take care of you now. Each of these affirmations are devoted specifically to our inner child. You are safe and I am going to take care of you now. You are worthy of love and belonging. You are lovable just as you are without performing or achieving. It's okay to ask for what you need and what you want. You can feel any way you want to feel. There is no such thing as wrong or right emotions. Your needs matter. You are worthy and have unique gifts waiting to be expressed. You are allowed to take the time to feel your feelings. Making mistakes is a natural part of life and you can learn from them. You are allowed to not know all of the answers. You can play and explore just because you want to. You are allowed to say no to people, places, and things that do not serve you. You deserve to take the time for self care. Take a moment to allow those affirmations to sink in, or if you have gotten out a notebook or a journal, you may want to write these down, stick them on post-it notes or anywhere in your visual field throughout the day. It's easy to say that we will practice these things consistently. It's just a few sentences, right? Of course we'll do it. But then suddenly... The day goes by, we haven't. The next day comes and goes. So support yourself and your inner child. This is an act of your wise inner parent, actually an act of reparenting, which we're about to go into, which is just the act of writing these affirmations out in front of you, sticking them around where you'll see them. Maybe putting them in the notepad on your phone or putting an affirmation set to an alarm at a random time throughout the day on your phone so that you can start to set yourself up to see these affirmations and these reminders throughout your day to connect with and create that safety and that loving, nurturing environment between your inner child and your wise inner parent that does live and reside within.
1: And speaking of action, um, you know, really understanding that what beliefs are, like you beautifully defined a few minutes ago, Jenna, is they're not only practice thoughts, they're practice thoughts grounded in our daily lived experience, which why for I'm sure so many of you like myself, when you were going and and reading um, some of these affirmations, I felt a range of everything from calmed by some of the wording and also really challenged. And one in particular sticks out, um, knowing that I come from a history of people-pleasing behaviors and kind of this idea of being allowed to say no to people's places and things that don't serve you. Um, While there was a logical knowing that that's the case, there was in me a belief of, well, not necessarily because all in action I've lived the experience of is not doing that, not saying no, always overstepping Myself and my own limits and my own needs, again, born out of the wounding of my inner child. So, bringing us now into the concept of reparenting and acknowledging that these affirmations are part of our journey. And the other half of our journey are these new daily actions, ways that we can show up in service of these new beliefs of worthiness and of wholeness. And one of the four pillars of reparenting, and now I'm reading from page 113 in the workbook, is loving discipline. And as children, really acknowledging the reality that many of us were not taught simple, helpful, healthy habits and rituals. And we can learn new ways to show up honoring our needs, especially those that have gone unmet for so long. And the daily ways that we can do that are we can first begin by keeping small promises to ourselves, small commitments each and every day. We can develop new dailies, rituals, and routines. Again, reminding ourselves that rituals and routines are built through small daily commitments, not five, 10 new things overhauling our life in an overnight, building new actions that we can keep consistently. That's what a ritual is that commitment to the daily consistent action, which really brings us back to that first suggestion, which is keeping those promises small, approachable, so we can keep them for ourselves. Another way that we can begin to practice loving discipline is by holding boundaries, saying no in small moments, even if that no, like it does for me, still makes us very uncomfortable. We can practice by disconnecting and spending time alone in self-reflection, taking a moment to check in with ourselves before we go in service of those around us. Another small way we can begin to practice loving discipline is by clearly stating our needs in objective, non judgmental language. And for a lot of us, this means that we first might need to explore what our needs are. Before we can voice them in a non judgmental, objective way, we first have to have clarity on what they might be, which means creating those new boundaries, keeping those
0: commitments, and exploring for ourselves what it is that isn't being met. The next pillar of the four pillars of reparenting is self care, and if you are watching the video version of this on our YouTube channel, you can see maybe on the screen here a little bit how this is broken down into four columns. And I'm holding this up for going zooming in. Thank you. I'm holding this up for you all to see so that you can get a visual idea of what we're speaking of. And if you don't have the workbook, that's totally fine. What Nicole When Nicole mentioned the four pillars of reparenting, this is a really easy way to just break down reparenting as a whole, breaking it down into four core sections of how we can actually go about integrating the action of reparenting. So that first column that she just read was the loving discipline. We're just gonna go through each one of these. So the second column or the second pillar of reparenting is self-care. As children, many of us were not taught the value of things like sleep, movement, rest, nutrients, and connection to nature. We can cultivate this self-care in adulthood by going to bed a bit earlier than usual, cooking or eating a home-cooked meal, meditating for five minutes or longer, moving our body for five minutes or longer, even a simple stretch as soon as you rise in the morning all the way up to the sky through all of your body. This is a great first baby step for movement. Journaling or writing your reflections and thoughts. Spending time in nature and connecting with nature. Remember, you are not separate from the natural world. Being in nature is a very powerful healing tool. Allowing the sun to touch our bare skin. Reaching out to and connecting with someone we love. These are all suggestions that you could integrate in your day for self-care. Of course, there are an abundance of self-care tips and a really small moment. Nicole, you and I actually talked about this the other day. We were in the bathroom washing our hands and I took a moment to wash my fingernails. And why this is profound is because it took me about 20 seconds And it was one of those things, as I'm washing my hands, I'm looking at my nails, they're dirty, and I just always think, ah, I don't want to do it. I just skip over it. And I caught myself in that moment and realized that is such a small opportunity all day long that I'm given when I go to wash my hands to take that extra 20 seconds and consciously and intentionally choose to look after myself, to care for myself. So self-care doesn't need to be cooking a huge, great new meal or going on an hour-long hike. Self-care is already in all of the missed opportunity moments already throughout our day in our normal daily routine.
1: That. Beautiful um, piece of advice, Jenna, brings us to the third column, which that same wisdom really does apply. And this column is joy and really finding the joy in small, small moments. And as children, really acknowledging that many of us were not taught the value of joy in spontaneity, imagination, creativity, play, and pure presence. Pure presence, again, that I want to highlight is where joy happens in the present moment, not when we're lost in thought, (laughs) thinking about yesterday, worrying about tomorrow. We have to be present in the small moments to be able to experience the joy of those moments. In our adulthood now, we can begin cultivating joy by dancing or singing freely. Um, for me, this is one of those areas. If you read my first book, I talk about how watching other people dance on social media, which is where there's a whole bunch of examples of people (laughs) dancing. um, I felt actually the complete opposite of joyful. I felt rageful. Turns (laughs) out because there's a part of my inner child self that wants to be free enough to dance, to sing in public and seeing people do that and not feeling that freedom myself, it felt threatening. So When I'm reading this column or as I continue reading this column, really noticing those moments where joy feels easeful or where the presence of someone else's joy might feel activating. There could be information, much like me, seeing people dance and becoming upset only to realize how that was an unexpressed part of me that wants out. Other ways that we can begin to find small moments to cultivate joy or to welcome in or allow the joy that might be present is by doing something unplanned. I know many of us out there like to schedule our days because we have to, because we prefer to, really creating space for spontaneity, leaving maybe just an hour where we don't know what we're gonna do and we're gonna see where the day takes us, doing something unplanned. Another way to cultivate joy is by finding a new interest or hobby. You might not yet know what that interest or hobby could be. Thinking back to childhood, what were things you used to like to do? exploring your own interest, listening to your favorite music. For me, music is such an active part to this day of my healing journey, really creating space for that expression of energy, of movement through the listening of other people representing it in their songs. Other ways we can cultivate joy, complimenting a stranger, telling someone you see on the street that you like their hat or their shirt, whatever it might be. Doing something we absolutely loved as a child. Again, thinking back to those things that early in life did feel joyful, did feel easeful, that for whatever reason we've gotten away from doing now. And of course, connecting with our friends or our loved ones, finding joy in the presence of being around supportive people. As I end this column, I just want to remind us all that joy in and of itself, the ability to be safely present so that we can open ourselves up to these the joy that's present in our many moments is grounded in the safety of our nervous system. So inviting everyone out there to really explore and revisit um, the episodes that we did from this workbook on nervous system regulation, because when we don't feel safe, things like joy and presence aren't accessible. So I'm speaking Um, To everyone who, like me at one time, looked around and there was no joy. There was no interest. Spontaneity, I can't. I have to plan my days to keep myself safe. All of that is likely a remnant of nervous system dysregulation. It's not that you're broken. It's not that joy is not possible in your life. It's that your body might not yet feel safe enough to be truly present to the moment to allow in the joy that is ever available.
0: Joy is not something we find it's something that we generate and that is that key in order to generate joy into the world you have to come from that safety with your nervous system and one of the this one that you just read Nicole doing something unplanned and a really important footnote for the unplanned while while so many do have such busy schedules and you mentioned this a little bit you know having time to just have the unplanned time that does require planning for the unplanned time which in and of itself whether or not you're even exploring joy in that unplanned time planning to have unplanned time for yourself is one of the most golden gifts you could possibly give yourself especially on a healing journey because you're making a statement to yourself this is also reparenting you're making a statement to you and your inner child to say hey I see you You're worthy of my time. I've carved this out and I've set this aside for you. Maybe emotions need to come up in that time. Maybe it is play. Maybe you go on an adventure. Who knows what it is? But creating the planned time to just have an unplanned hour, even if it's just an hour within your week. I know that many of us might say, you know, I don't have time for that, though I'd offer If someone were to say to you, if you can find an hour of unplanned time in your week, I'll give you a million dollars, that suddenly most of us would have a lot of ability to find an hour of unplanned time for ourselves in our week. So moving on to the last column, the fourth pillar of reparenting. It is emotional regulation. Now, as children, many of us were not taught the value or practice of having emotional awareness. Many of us were not taught about our emotions or the emotional process or feelings at all. So in adulthood, we can begin cultivating our own emotional regulation through observing how emotions feel in our body literally observing the physical sensations, the tingling, the tight chest, the burning face, the sweaty palms, the the gut punch in your stomach. How do different emotions feel? What's the physical sensation? Noticing what causes our nervous system responses to activate. What environment, what situation, maybe what relationships and people do you notice Activating your nervous system, activating your response or noticing what situation or people or experience activate those physical sensations that you're witnessing. Witnessing emotional responses without judgment, allowing any and all emotions to pass through us while simply observing. Now, the word emotion literally translates to, derives from, energy in motion. That is what emotion means. It is literally energy in motion throughout your body. So the practice is being with all of the energy and emotions throughout your body without the judging, shaming, critiquing, or trying to fix. Now, if you have that critical voice that comes in, because we all do, just gently turn the volume down on it. This is also an opportunity to be a wise, loving parent to the inner critic. Instead of shaming the inner critic that's already shaming you for your emotions, thanks for showing up, inner critic. I get why you're here. Just gonna gently turn the volume down on you and I'm gonna hold space for all of the emotions that I'm feeling. I'm gonna notice what the physiological sensations are in my body and I'm just gonna practice witnessing. Practicing intentional breathing. Now, this says see examples on page six. So if you do have the workbook, how to meet yourself with you, and on page six, you will find various examples for different types of breathing exercises. If you do not have the workbook, you could head over to any of our social channels and find breathing exercises, though, by all means, you could do a Google search or search on YouTube for different breathing exercises and breathing techniques. Co-regulating with a loved one or pet. This could be something like putting your hand on your partner's heart, feeling their heartbeat, their hand on your heartbeat. It could be a hug shared with a partner or with another loved one, someone you feel safe with. It is not necessary to have a partner for these co-regulation techniques. Pets and animals are a phenomenal one for this. We have eight cats over here. I am attuning and co-regulating to my cat children all day, every day, holding them to my heart, just holding them in general or laying next to them regulating with another being now if you don't have a another human being you feel safe with or a pet or an animal that you feel safe co-regulating with because this comes up often well if i'm over here and i literally have no one on my island what do i do well the beautiful thing is you're on an island you're in nature Going outside and co-regulating with nature is the same as co-regulating with another being. It is the same essence as you. Being in the trees outside or under the sun, putting your feet and your hands on the earth and grounding. This is also another way to co-regulate. And the last we have in our column here for emotional regulation is cold therapy, which is... A big favorite of ours, we are lucky enough to have a cold plunge in our backyard that quite literally jolts us into the freezing cold, which is a moment to get very present to my breath and that starkness of the cold and to regulate my body using my breath through that extreme temperature reminding myself that I am okay, and eventually bringing myself into a calm breathing. Now, you don't need a cold plunge or a cold bath or a bathtub filled with ice cubes to do this. You can simply practice cold therapy by filling a giant bowl or a big bowl or even a mug, whatever you have, with cold water and a few ice cubes. Setting your hands or your feet, whatever you're able to immerse into this cold water. Start with 10 seconds, work to 30 seconds, a minute. Focus on your breath while your hands are in the cold. You are bringing your own body back into a regulated state. Another great option here is a cold shower. Turning the water on, hopping in for five seconds, 10 seconds, just immersing in the cold water and Feeling that sort of physical shock, using your breath to then regulate and calm and soothe. Now, of course, we just
1: gave several examples in each of these four pillars to become that wise inner parent. And a gentle reminder for all listening, assuming that this is a new practice for many of us, I strongly suggest picking one column, keeping one commitment in that column, not trying to, again, overwhelm the subconscious mind by doing too much new all at once so staying committed to the daily practice in one of these areas and of course Building on that foundation. And of course, throughout this episode, we gave a lot of information, speaking directly from the How to Meet Yourself workbook. As Jenna said, hoping many of you uh, pause throughout this episode, write down these affirmations, write down these practices. And we'll be spending the next episode, Jenna and I, speaking about our own reparenting journey, cultivating that wise inner parent inside each of us, and giving two examples of what that looks like in real time, in action. As always, thanking you all for contributing, participating, being a part of this global conversation in this movement as we all show up in service of the wise inner parent inside each of us.